to the hills where I pose. I start my day slow. Silver welcome in, welcome though. in. Live Happy Wednesday. You are locked in to RSVP low. with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. And um, we got free smoke for everybody tonight. We joining Cat Williams on the train. I hope that you are relaxed and enjoying your Wednesday. We have got, as the station says, a lot to get into. Of course, this is the show where we hit all the trending topics across entertainment, sports, lifestyle, and culture. With me, your host, Jill Monroe. And tonight, tonight's topics, listen, Cat Williams has the internet on fire. You know, I saw yesterday when Shannon Sharp posted just a photo of he and Cat, and he said, we're going to break the internet tomorrow. He said it. And listen, it dropped at 9 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube. Last I checked, it already had 2 million views. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we're going to get into it in this first hour. Cat Williams had a lot to say and let the entire industry, he lit him up. And um, he came with some receipts. And, of course, I went to look at some of the receipts to make sure the receipts were receipting. And we're going to get into all of that. We're also going to get into Amber Rose. She said that she's tired of not speaking up and not being her authentic self. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in the second hour. And then in hour three, we are going to get into... T.S. Madison's response to Boosie's response on the color purple. You know, here's the thing with that. Like, and Boosie, you know, he's had a lot of commentary about topics relating to the community for quite a while now. And I do have a question to ask about his question, but we'll get into all of that later. But before we do, You know that we always start the night with a couple of conversation starters. These are stories that we don't have time to get into full details about, but I want to let you know what's going on because, of course, that's what we do here on RSVP. We keep you in the know. Oh, if you aren't, make sure you're following us on social media. Hit us up everywhere, KBLA 1580. I'm, of course, at Stiletto Jill. Make sure you hit me up and follow me. Um, also, if at any point tonight, and I feel like this is a night where you want to call in and maybe give your opinion, 800-920-1580, that's the number for the phone line, so you can call and add your commentary to the topics that we discuss. So, Tiana Taylor, we know that she's going through a divorce right now from Amon Shumpert. We know that she mentioned that her career, her status, caused problems within the relationship and he was a little intimidated by it. Well, she also, during that time period, announced her retirement from music. And people thought it was strange. You know, Tiana, if you haven't seen her perform, she holds it down. She's an excellent performer. We've seen that as far as her creative director segments that she has you know, done for various artists at this point, directed some videos and what have you. Well, she previewed new music on her Instagram and 
sounds a little fire. And so she, I guess, is coming back out of retirement because she probably was only retiring to, you know, make her then boo happy and so that he wouldn't feel intimidated. Because, you know, these are the sacrifices that you make when you're in love and you're in a marriage sometimes. But now we're past that so we can get back to the money. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Tiana drops this time around. And Lil Bow Wow, you know, Bow Wow seems to be having baby's mama drama. And he entered us into the group chat by putting up on his Instagram story today. I wish my baby mother got ran over by a Mack truck. Not Joy. The bum B.I. Y'all don't know. We don't know what prompted this. Bow Wow has since deleted it. But Why? Why, Bow Wow? Are you that frustrated? Apparently, right? Tony Yayo in the chat says, Cat dominated the news cycle. However, this Epstein list is a major dud so far. And I told you guys it would be. That we're gonna talk about that a little bit in hour three, but it's a 900 page document. It was just released short while ago, and it's not a list, it is documents relating to the 2016, I believe, lawsuit that was brought up against Jocelyn Maxwell. But we'll get into all of that later. Right now, stay where you are, get ready. Because we got a conversation about this Cat Williams stuff on the other side. You were locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. You were locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So, listen. (laughs) Cat Williams. He dropped an interview with Shannon Sharp on Club Shay Shay. That, as I mentioned, has had everybody talking all day it's i think two hours and 45 minutes long so almost three hours and he had a lot to say and some receipts and of course you know the internet they're going to do their job they're going to do their due diligence and if you mention something somebody is going to take it upon themselves like well let's see Let's go see if we can dig up the receipts for all of this information that you are providing. Now, I will say, one, I really enjoy Cat Williams and always have. Does he do some outlandish things sometimes? Sure. But don't most comedians? Isn't that why we're attracted to them? I... I don't, do you rank him? Is he someone that you put in your top five? Is he someone that you forget about? Is he someone that you even think belongs? I I think that there's credence to some of what he says about his work independently. But, um, well, let's just see. The first clip that we're going to get into is Ricky Smiley was a guest on Club Shay Shay. And he shared a story about the fact that he originally auditioned for the role of Money Mike in, is it Friday After Next? Yeah, it's Friday After Next. And he said something happened and they ended up switching the roles and he was Santa Claus. Cat Williams says, nope, that is not exactly how that went down. And he then went on to explain not only his version of events, But also to say that 
he had it put in his contract for the next film that he did, that Ricky Smiley also did, that stated Ricky Smiley would have to be in a dress to be in that movie. Now, the side note to that is we know that one of Ricky Smiley's largest characters, most popular characters, was a church lady. I don't remember what her name was, but, you know, it was around there. So we'll get into that on the other side. Let's hear the first <laughs> of Cat's Haymakers. He told you the story about when the movie came out. Where did he say he watched it? At home. He wasn't even at the premiere. You telling this man, you stole that. Oh, so he could get his name in the same sentence with a great one. It is sad. He was just that bitter when we were shooting it. He told everybody, it should have been my role. Everybody on the scene. Why do you think no cast member has ever said anything? He couldn't have played that role like you. I thought he, he Sir, was... Sir, no one... Why no... He was with KD? He beat up Terry Crews. Why nobody know this story? You talking about in Hollywood, they switched off roles. You take this and he, what? So Ricky, Ricky Smiley knows this. And I don't know why he would lose a child and come on the air and start lying. That's why people believe in rituals right there. It's because, well, why would he lie? I don't know why liars lie. But I can tell you this. We auditioned in Los Angeles. So... Essentially, Kat is saying that everybody, and we're going to hear some other clips, has borrowed or been creative or wanted to be associated to some degree in his name, right? With his name. Is it possible? It definitely is because we know that in any space, right? But especially something that involves situations where some people think there can only be one sometimes it can be a little tricky and it can be definitely be competitive right so um I don't know if he had an example I don't believe he had an example about he and Ricky well what he said was essentially how could Ricky Smiley have been Money Mike when he wrote a lot of the dialogue for it that they allowed him to make changes to the character because he was so tapped in, even though it was his first film. He shared a story that in the original script, Money Mike was supposed to be assaulted more than he was in the film by um, Terry Crews' character. I think, was it Damon? Is that what his name was when he just got out of jail? I can't remember. The landlord's son. You remember the whole storyline with Money Mike and the son. Kat said that he told the producers and writers, Cube included, that rape is never funny, no matter who the victim was. And that there are better ways that you can express comedy. You can express funny things and not utilizing rape because if you want this film to be a classic it can't be a classic comedy he said with that type of scene in there and I think that and this is something else that he shared he also said that he felt as though you know people speak a lot about comedy in the current sense and what can't go in current times and he basically said that's fine you just have to adapt as language changes as it always does, you know, slang, what's appropriate, you move and change with it. Because if you're funny, you're funny. And you have a depth 
as far as you know, dialogue, language, et cetera, et cetera. Shout out to Brother Alfonso in the chat. He said, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Crystal Waite said, Kat said what he said. And Thomas Outlaw says, Some people go to shows with access to grind, aiming at a certain few. Kat was street sweeping the industry. I fear the retribution coming from this interview. That's interesting. Do you think Cedric who we'll get to what his comments are and the receipts that the internet has pulled up. But this is the, his beef with Cedric the Entertainer is one that he's been talking about for years. It stems from the kings of comedy and Cedric's joke to end that set. If you remember, Cedric told the joke about being a black man in, the, in, a, in a space shuttle and how we would whip it and how, you know, the music up and da-da-da-da. Well, on Comic View... Cat told a joke that was similar in nature. But here's the thing. Do I feel Cedric may have borrowed some of that joke? I do. But so Cat's joke was similarly about a black man in a car. But he was talking about when your car breaks down, when you're in the hood and how you got to get out and push. But there was some it was a lot of physical comedy, which is why I'm not playing both clips for you here now, because a lot of it is what you need to see with the visuals and not so much just the dialogue, although that plays a role in it. It definitely seemed inspired by, but said kind of perfected it. But. That doesn't make it okay. That's just my opinion. Cedric did respond. But before we get into what Cedric's response was, let's hear a little bit of the street sweeping, as Thomas Outlaw called it, that Kat did of not just Cedric. He had a little bit for Steve as well. Um, Earthquake inadvertently got some. A couple others. So let's hear what is your relationship with Steve Harvey, Ricky Smiley, and Cedric the Entertainer as you sit here currently? They, for 30 years, they're a group. These aren't three random guys. The way that Ricky Smiley kept appearing at all of my auditions is because of Steven said he would tell anybody that, listen, they got a gang on that side. They know what it is. They know who the gang is. Why Earthquake not in movies? Because he's illiterate. He can't read. And they found that out when they gave him a show and put the cards in front of him. Like all of these dudes are co-entwined and they share secrets. And this is the age of truth. And, and, and the truth doesn't need to be scared of the fact that people tell lies. Uh, cats on drugs. Where are the stories? Why is there no story of anybody who ever sold a drug to me, did a drug with me, was around me when I was inebriated? I got five dogs. So we're not going to touch the other part, but I don't know if you feel like you've been in a position where, you know, comedy is a close net group, right? There is a circuit much like, you know, any other thing of that nature where there are a few people that you see over and over again, right? With Steve, he just feels like Steve maybe isn't as talented as he believes himself to be. 
everybody's entitled to their opinion. You can't really, you know, if that's what he feels, that's what he feels. But he did mention a beef that Mark Curry, who's a comedian, I don't know if you remember the show, Hanging with Mr. Coop, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. They used to come on back in the 90s. And I think actually Mark Curry used to be one of the, ho- no, Sinbad was a host at Showtime at the Apollo. I think Mark Curry was a host for Showtime at the Apollo at one point as well. And Mark Curry had a beef with Steve because he said that Steve took one of his entire jokes and used it in his comedy routine. Well, the internet went and found receipts. Mark Curry actually talked about this on a Fox Soul show called Mike and Donnie. And what he said was there was a joke he did about, he said it was about his real life, his actual life, what really happened to him when he was a kid that his mom, I think he had his mom had six kids, eight kids. He had a number of siblings and that they were poor. And so one of his Halloween costumes, he said it would be a box and people would ask what he was. He'd be like, I don't know. She didn't tell us. I guess I'm UPS or something like that. Right. So this was in 1999. There's video footage of it. In 2015 on the Steve Harvey show, it was Halloween and Steve told the exact same joke, except instead of his mom, he said it was his dad and the box and the UPS thing. So, you know, much like with hip-hop, comedy is something where people have writers. Sometimes they write jokes for them. They pitch jokes. A lot of that happens. Um, you know, there's stories all the time about people writing for people, waiting for their break, especially for women comedians. Sometimes they would finally get the opportunity to write for someone or write with them, but wouldn't necessarily get that break for themselves. One of the things that's been said is that Cat Williams is a male comedian who put a lot of female comedians on that he shared his space and his time they also discussed and you saw it across social media some comedians saying hey I did a show with Cat Williams we weren't supposed to be paid Cat slid me $700 that was the most I ever made for a comedy tour or whatever so one of the things that we can say about Cat is that whatever you think about him he seems to be very honest and consistent, right? I will say, though, and I saw someone that mentioned this on Twitter, like he'll tell a story and it'll be all the way true. And then for some reason, it'll veer off into some fantastical lie or story. I wonder if that's just a comedian thing in the storytelling thing, because some of those things like he was saying that in the interview and I haven't finished watching all of it, but that by seven, he was reading 3000 books a year and that he can run a 4-4 and he would have had a football scholarship or something in sports if he had stayed in school and been able to. And I don't know about that. (laughs) Um, That might be just a slight exaggeration. But I do think that he also said that there are cliques that happen within comedy and that all of the same people tend to work with each other, which... We know that to be the case 
in a lot of situations and industries. Why? Because people want to work with their friends. So he's not necessarily wrong with that. At any rate, let's hear what he had to say about Cedric the Entertainer. Cedric told you when you asked him, did you steal Cat Williams joke? Yeah. He said it don't line up. How it don't line up? He thought that I was just a no name comedian and that he could take this joke and nobody would know. Right. The issue was that I had already done this particular joke on BET's Comic View twice. Right. It had done so well on BET's Comic View that they had made it part of the commercial. So part of the commercial of make sure you tune in to BET was you seeing me doing this joke. So this is not just a random joke. This is my very best joke. <laughs> and it's my last joke. And it's my closing joke. OK. 1998. I'm doing this joke. It's on Comic View. Cedric comes to the comedy store. He watches me in the audience. He comes backstage. He tells me what a great job I did and how much he loves the joke. Two years later, he's doing that as his last joke on the Kings of Comedy, and he's doing it verbatim. He's just changed my car into a spaceship. Him and Steve had already apologized for me, so I gave him a pass for a decade. Why would you sit here and be like, I talked to, I saw Cat 30 times, <laughs> and Cat didn't do, as I stand before you. Shannon, I would have bust Cedric's stomach. <laughs> there was nothing that would have kept me from one of these in, in that patch right there. Like, are you kidding me? Why would you downplay me like that? Why did I give you a pass if you were just going to lie? Cedric sitting here telling you why he ain't a movie star. He over here look like a walrus. You didn't say nothing. He can't even get his arms off his stomach sitting over here. Why I'm not a movie star. What? It's a situation. He never wrote anything. Remember, when Cedric the Entertainer starts, he's supposed to be singing, dancing, and telling jokes. That's why he's called the Entertainer. Right. We found out he can't sing, can't dance, and doesn't he's write doing jokes. He did four comedy specials. They're so bad, Shannon. They're not available on Netflix or Tubi. Can I say that again for the audience? They're so bad that they're not available on Netflix or Tubi. You don't think Sam's a good, a good comedian? The world doesn't think that, sir. I have 12 comedy specials. He has four specials that are not available on Netflix or Tubi. And this is the age of truth. And, and, and the truth doesn't need to be scared of the fact that people tell lies. Uh, cats on drugs. Where are the stories? Why is there no story of anybody who ever sold a drug to me, did a drug with me, was around me when I was inebriated? I got five daughters. I got five sons. Why would we tell these ridiculous stories? Because it's com competition. Now, I'm reading. Cat Williams won Cedric the Entertainers and Heiser Bush Best L Best Los Angeles Comic Award. Did you win that award, one Cat Williams? It's a simple yes or no. It's not a rhetorical question. It's a question that probably should have been asked to Cedric the Entertainer. I'm asking you. I got you here, though. I know. I couldn't <laughs> believe Cedric didn't get asked that question. <laughs> you still a dude's joke and then give him an award, and then 10 years later, you don't know nothing about it. <laughs> hey, but I, but I promise you this. What? If he sees me again, 
before he sees you. He'll be talking different when you see it. That's for certain. That's the difference. That's what these comics understand, is that I'm not doing nothing for clout. I don't even recognize clout. But eventually, the Lord is going to let me and you be in one hallway. A lot of these dudes go. But you did win the award. How did the award <laughs> help your career? It had to help some, cat. Nope. Nope. Yeah, come on, cat. I didn't remember it happened until you just said it. Set, how can Cedric give you an award that was worth something? Everything Cedric and Ricky Smiley ever been in got canceled for not being funny. Listen, when we come forward, we're going to dive into those comments and plus a few more that we are not going to necessarily air, but discuss all of that on the other side. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome back into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. If you got beef with Jay, <laughs> okay, I like that song, and that is Charlie Wilson hitting that on that hook, right? I know it is, cause listen, when Charlie hits those ad libs, it's not another voice like it. That bass, that vibrato, brings it. Um, so how appropriate that we're talking about beef. You continue the beef, beef sector. Cat Williams. You know, the chat already, they have a lot of opinions jumping off. So let's get into some of them. Oh, and it is Wednesday and our Keep It Real friend is in the building. You know, we're going to get his commentary on all of this. Trent Jackson, Trent the Artist in the building to join us to hit these trending topics. How are you today? Happy New Year. Trent Jackson decided to show up to the building. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome in. Welcome to the party, Trent. Happy 2024. Thanks for having me this year. Always, of course. So here's what the chat is saying, right? And we love that. Um, Pretty Brown Mimi says, is it me or when you hear from Cat Williams, he's dragging his fellow comedians rather than his artistry. He's talented, but he comes off as jealous. I don't think he's jealous because he thinks he's better. I know that that can be a symptom of jealousy. I think that he is speaking what he believes to be his truth. And he feels like there are two crews or two cliques. And this is where he is, not clicked up, you know, but over here on his side. And they are over there. And he is simply saying what he feels is on his mind. He's been saying some of the same things for quite a while. Now, do I think that, again, everything is 100% all the way there? No, but the things that I'm talking about that I have questions about aren't really the things that he's providing receipts with. There are things, like I mentioned, that when he was seven, he read 3,000 books and he can run a 4 4. I don't know. I got to see proof of that, maybe. <laughs> Andy. Man, Cat Williams ain't got to be jealous for any of these comedians. I I mean, I, you know, like you mentioned, he has a number of specials that he writes, produces, and directs himself. Now, here's the thing. You can say what you want. He may not be Madison Square Garden or da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But if you are exhibiting that amount of control over your projects, that means that, and in his case, he independently produces them, the financial risk is his. And the financial benefits 
are his as well. So in some cases, even though his stuff may not be as wide or as, and it's hard to say that something with Cat Williams isn't embedded into the culture consciousness because we all quote Money Mike, right? I mean, people probably don't even realize they're quoting Money Mike when they say some of the lines and some of the actions. Um, but when you're independent, right, and you're your own boss, sometimes your share is going to be greater than someone that is working for one of the larger entities, right? But you pay for that with taking the risk and the responsibility of holding it down on your own. He did mention that his deals with Netflix, and he said he's done 12 of them, are eight figures. And remember, we had the lesson on eight figures a couple of years ago. That means $10 million and up. He said that, you know, when they list his net worth on the Internet, he's like, oh, I got more than that in my pocket. But he is content with you thinking that maybe he doesn't have money. So, you know, I don't know. That's that. Trent, you're looking like, what? It's a lot. What did I just walk into? Right. You walked <laughs> into the Cat Williams. Woke up in 2024 to drama. <laughs> typhoon. <laughs> tsunami every day all of that um urban spinster says all i know is cat ran off on that atlanta episode as gator man he did and he got an emmy for it as he should have because that was great pretty brown mimi says cat williams has 10 kids have men stopped using condoms i think it's seven and i think that the majority of them are adopted um, I know that several are, don't know the exact number, but um, he has been a single father for quite some time. Not really sure. He does go into some of that story in the interview. As I mentioned, I haven't listened to the whole thing. Thomas Outlaw says, Cat could get away with some of this because he was being interviewed by Shannon Sharp. I wonder if a higher octane interviewer would press him more. Potentially, but I think one of the charming things about the end, I mean, there are some things that I might have wanted a follow-up question or some more depth in, but I also keep in mind that, one, this interview was almost three hours long. Two, I think that this isn't one of those type of interviews, or Shannon doesn't come across to me as the type of interviewer that is going to probe in that way. His stack of cards for his notes was extremely thick, right? But that is necessarily going to probe in that way. You know, he's not giving you Barbara Walters, Diane Summer, and Connie Chung. But I think that that is part of the charm. And new media is new media using that term for a reason. And I also subscribe that you would not have gotten the same interview with someone that you consider might ask that follow-up question. Not because I feel that Kat is afraid of the follow-up question, but just because he might not have been as open or as willing to express himself in the same manner had it have been with someone else. Brother Alfonso says, you can't get this interview, this type of interview outside of YouTube. Shannon is a great interviewer, but no one can contain Cat Williams in a discussion or interview. I agree with that as well. And Crystal Waite says, I think Cat speaks on what he knows. And depending upon how you view the person he's speaking on determines how you take what he says um, what he says to heart or not. I feel all of what he said can be true. 
I mean, maybe for some people, I think that's a lot of people. They're going to base their decision based off their experience, their depth of knowledge. For me personally, I don't know if that was to me personally, but for me, I don't like... I enjoy, to varying degrees, all of these comedians. I have enjoyed moments from them. I have enjoyed sets. I think they all do different things well, you know? It is what it is. Every comedian, every joke, every perspective is not going to match up with everyone. The th Like I said, the things that I'm talking about take with a grain of salt are the things that sound, you know, a little more outlandish, a little more braggadocious. It seems like it may be a little sugar on the shine with the story, but who knows? We'll see. And listen, I don't know. I was thoroughly entertained. Like I said, 2 million views in less than eight hours. Everybody was too. So Trent Jackson, Trent the artist. What are your thoughts on Cat Williams? I like Cat Williams. And of course, when you say things that are naturally um, against the grain or not popular in opinion, people are going to market as, you know, sensational not the truth he could be stretching it he could be saying whatever you know people are going to have whatever but i think again um he's somebody that can we can rely on to speak honestly and in truth about whatever he's saying and i think that's the beauty of cat williams he 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 can say whatever he wants to say and no one can really you know challenge it because we, we we feel we feel it's the truth but it's sometimes the things are so far left it can't be true and that's kind of the 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 unsettling thing about the truth is like sometimes when somebody takes it a little far too left, it's like this can't be true. It, it can't. It's, it's so far fetched it can't be. But we we know that life is sometimes crazy, so it's it's a, it can it's be possible. far fetched sometimes. Because he talked about, for example, leaving home at fourteen, and he said the reason why he doesn't do drugs or date white women is because when he was homeless, he spent a lot of time in a park. And that he had never met a person there who was homeless that had was addicted to crack, heroin, opioids, or whatever that said, my life was made better by using those things. So he said for him, he doesn't always have to experience things to learn the lesson. And that that was the lesson that he took with him, right? Mm -hmm. As far as drug use. Sounds good. I don't know, right? But I'm a rock with him. He says weed and alcohol, that's as far as he goes, and nicotine. That's it. He also said the reason why he wouldn't date a white woman is because he said your whole world can be over with in two weekends. Just look at Kang the Conqueror. He was, And he did use that example of running down the street. He said he would have to be running down the street from a white woman as well. And he just never wanted to see himself in that position. And Shannon was like, don't do that. Don't say that. And he was like, you know, that's just that's the way it is and I'm going to protect myself. He was like, I like all people. I'm not racist. I'm pro-black and anti-racism and I don't love, you know, anyone any differently. He was like, but those women aren't for me for that reason. Well, if you look at, excuse me, um, if you look at the track record of black men who dated white women, I mean, we can kind of do the math problem there. Look at what happened with Jonathan Majors. 
That that was what he said. He yeah. said he didn't I mean, let's just get, let's just use that last example, you know, and and let's just bank on that. I I don't know, but what I will say, right, is that Cat has a special on Netflix right now, I believe. <laughs> I mean, and um, you know, I think that we should all check it out and be supportive of him. Uh, he Shannon brought up that other comedians, I mentioned this earlier, have said that how Cat has just sent them money just if they did a good set. And he said part of the reason why he does it too, and sometimes they said that he would send women to do it. And Cat paused when answering that question, and I was like, in my mind, because I could read Cat's face, I was like, he's not asking you like you think. But you answered like you thought. You understand what I mean by that? Um, so Kat said that he his response was that he prefers working with women. He doesn't want to hear a man's face, and he would rather smell a woman's breath than a man's. And so 75% of his staff is women. But I don't think Shannon was asking in that way. But I think Kat was taking it in that way because that might have been an activity that he participated in. He did admit to participating in it at one time or another. Hmm. You know, money mics profession. Yes. So uh-huh. um, I, I I get what's going on in the room. But what he said was the reason why he would send money to comedians, you know, is that one, if you killed something, but you're not getting paid or you're just, you know, only getting paid a little money, doesn't it feel good to be rewarded and there's nothing tied to it? It's just. Because you did a good job. You don't have to worry about somebody coming back and high sign on you, you know, or that he's going to pull out and ask him to thank him in any particular way or manner. And so he said that that is why it is important to him to do that. So. Yeah, and I think because he's been in that position himself. Correct. That's why he does it. And a lot, and I don't think a lot of people understand that that is the motivation about why some people do the things they do. They just don't want people to even experience some of the things that they had to on their ascend. Um, but also the other side of that is sometimes too, what people don't get is like you do these sets and you don't get paid a lot, a, a lot of the times things happen. Yeah. You know, that's how it is. And um, struggling artists is, uh, it's a real archetype thing. for a reason, yes. right? Yes. Also included in the interview, he said that um, a lot of the movies that Kevin Hart has appeared in came across his desk or sat on his desk for a long time. And I believe him to a degree about this because, one, physically, they're the same, you know, phenotype, right? To a degree. And we'll get into the other reason on the other side. When we come forward, we'll have more on Cat Williams' explosive interview that has the internet buzzing, plus more trending topics and headlines. You're locked into RSVP with Joel Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. Now back to more captivating conversation on RSVP with Jill Monroe. Monroe. You are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So, listen, (laughs) Cat Williams, he was lighting it up. I was letting Trent hear some of the other clips that he may not have been aware of. 
And, you know, one of the reasons why he said that he's turned down some of the films that Kevin Hart appeared in, which, for the record, wouldn't be uncommon, you know, for most things, unless it's a star vehicle made just for you, you aren't going to be the only person that gets offered the role. So I don't think that there's anything wrong, per se, with him saying that. Um, But he said that he had requests with the scripts, and that's why they didn't move forward with him. He asked for them to be less what, in his mind, he felt they sometimes were a little step and fetch it in some of the jokes and some of the comedy that was put in there. He said that Martin Lawrence, when Martin Lawrence took his hiatus, he wanted him to come back with him in Big Mama's house and play the role that eventually went to Brandon T. Jackson. He said that he suggested Brandon T. Jackson to them because he refuses to put on a dress. And that is his standing. He thinks that there are, you know, things that are not in his character that he would never do as far as, you know, a character or the type of things he believes are appropriate that he would say in some of these roles. He said Martin had already done the dress thing. Why are we doing it again? And then you want me to do it too? He said, nope. And he feels like, you know, some of these things are why he hasn't been bigger in Hollywood. Your thoughts? I agree with that. Um, there's a certain um we talked about this before you even mentioned it on the show this week um you have to know when to leave the party yeah and it's just that simple you and here's the other catch to that um you when you are in these um situations and this is with anything um you don't have to sign up for it you don't and everything is a choice everything that you do is a choice just like you can choose to walk away and say, I'm not participating. Well, Hollywood is too much for me. Too much for the man. Like yeah. The midnight train to Georgia. Listen, when we come forward in hour two, we're going to get more into this Cat Williams story. There's still a couple of things. We're going to talk about Amber Rose and how she says she's no longer being silent. And we're going to talk about Cedric the Entertainer's response on Instagram to Cat Williams. All of that and more on the other side. You're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580 News and Sports.